Some talk radio networks broadcast whatever they want to, whether the vibration is high or low, without regard for another's journey. They focus on the problem and not the solution. Other networks tune in to the highest vibration possible to help us live life full out, to help us stand in our yes and cultivate a platform for positive change. Hey everybody, how's it going? You're with Artie and Sky, the dynamic duo. Hello, this is Colette Marie Stephan. Welcome to The Truth is Funny on Transformation Talk Radio. You're listening to The Human Experience. I'm Dr. Steve Maraboli. Hello, this is Dr. Nusheen Darvish. And hi, I'm Dr. Pat Basile, and you are listening to Lime Talk Radio. These networks don't come often. But when they do, they remind us that we can achieve anything that is possible to help ourselves, help others, and to help the planet. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Jeff Lineweaver, and you're listening to Dialogue Radio. Hello, and welcome to the Psychic Love Doctor Show. Hey, everybody. It is so great. I'm Dr. Pat. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Dr. Ronnie, your host. Hi, everyone, and welcome, welcome to We Carry the Light. I'm Dr. Susan. Hi, this is Chuck Gallagher with Straight Talk Radio. These networks aren't concerned with bombarding us with bad They aren't concerned with sensationalizing an individual setbacks or challenges. These networks focus on amazing, innovative broadcasting. Hello, everyone. It's great to be back here with you today. I'm Dr. Jen. Oh, welcome to Voices of Women. Hello, everyone. I'm Kelly Ballard. They provide a distinct blend of live talk radio interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent educational information. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Psychic World. I am indeed John G. Sutton. Hello, everyone. I am Dr. Kelly, and you are listening to Lucid Planet Radio. Hello there. This is Leslie Fontaine. This is Sheer Alchemy. These innovative networks remind us that everything is possible, that nothing is limited. Habits of Health Talk with Russ McCann. Welcome to Spirit Fire Radio. I'm Tim Darter. And I'm Steve Kramer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Christine Uptrick Show. Transformation Radio is one of these networks. Views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. 
Hey, everyone. I am so excited about these very, very cool interviews we are doing. Today, we get to chat with and hear from three diverse individuals. Now, think about it. If you would have asked me 14 years ago that I would be having a conversation with Elizabeth Romero, the division executive, small business of Bank of America, if I would have, if you'd have asked me if I was going to be doing that today, I would have looked at you and said, I don't think so. But, you know, how about talking with someone who has been out in the world, making sure that we put an end to violence in the world and LGBTQ communities and looking at what the risk and the reality is. You know, in the world we live in today, we're being challenged by inclusivity. And these three's conversation, these three conversations really shine a light on how each and every one of us can become more and more and more socially responsible in the world. You know, this is something that many of you might be thinking, well, I am socially responsible. But, you know, let's talk for a minute. What about what about someone that's bringing a conversation to, to the forefront about pregnancy counseling? And how do we look at that? That's Heather Burt. And why is that now a conversation that so many people want to find out more about? Well, that's what today's show is about. We've never shied away from conversations that bring us to a level of enlightenment that we might not have had before, or conversations that might be a bit edgy, or conversations that share information, real information, real news about people doing great work in the world. I am so thrilled to have these three folks joining us here today, a celebration of women in what I like to call an empowered state of transformation. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our wheelhouse to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on the Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at the drpatshow.com. Miss any shows during the week? Don't worry, we've got you covered. With the free Transformation Talk radio app, you'll have access to all of the past week's shows in the palm of your hand. Tune in to Transformation Talk radio anywhere you go with our free app for any of your devices. Check out our app in the App Store and Google Play Store today. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. I am so thrilled to be talking to all of you. We have got talk radio for all of us. 
you ready and willing and able to accept all of the abundance you can muster up in your life? Check us out at drpatcho.com, transformationtalkradio.com, transformationradio.fm. Oh my goodness. Transformation Talk Radio is dedicated to the education and awareness of Lyme disease. Welcome to Lyme Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Pat Basile, the host of the Dr. Pat Show, and I am so thrilled that we've created this venue for all of you out there. Dr. Pat Basile will be bringing the most innovative, groundbreaking information, research, treatment innovations, and stories from those it affects every day. What we have heard is that you want to ensure for us that we keep positive, holistic, uplifting, transformative talk radio on the air. We're excited to bring you the contemporary conversations about Lyme disease. We promise not to let the light fade on Lyme. So fasten your seat belts. We've got lots more to share with you in the weeks to come. Tune into Lyme Talk Radio with Dr. Pat and help keep our mission strong on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. I am so thrilled to be talking to all of you. We have got talk radio for all of us. Are you ready and willing and able to accept all of the abundance you can muster up in your life? Check us out at drpatshow.com, transformationtalkradio.com, transformationradio.fm. Oh my goodness. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to the show. I am thrilled, also honored to be talking about the risk and reality of violence in LGBTQ communities. The reason that I am thrilled uh, but alarmed as well is that Tassily McKay is joining me here to help us understand what the latest findings that have been put together by RTI, uh, which is an international research group. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about my guest today. You know, she is a social science researcher with more than a decade of experience in public health research. Ms. McKay's research examines intimate partner violence in marginalized communities, couple and family relationships in the context of justice system involvement and strategies for improving health coverage and access to care among justice-involved persons. What this means, boy, she fights for the people that are not always able to fight for themselves, and she does it through data. She has extensive experience in study design, instrument development, qualitative and quantitative analysis, and dissemination of findings through articles, issues, briefs, technical reports, and presentations. Today, you're going to be able to find out more about this report and research yourself by going to www.rti.org. The information that we're talking about today is not going to present the findings you might think. Hate and violence still exists. You all have heard me talk about this before. Why do you think it is we're creating an entire channel, an entire channel 
Radio LGBTQ. Why are we doing that? Because there's much that is unsaid. Today, I am so thrilled that we're ready to have a conversation about violence and LGBTQ and communities. Tassily, welcome to the show. This is a big topic, isn't it? It sure is. Um, and I really appreciate you having me on to talk about what the evidence tells us. Yeah, let me talk about you for a minute. You know, each of us gets to pick our point in life. What is it that got your attention in this area of research, but also in this area of activism? Well, my passion is really um, looking at the bigger social issues and policy questions um, from the perspective of facts and evidence, as opposed to, um, you know, making decisions in those arenas based yeah. on bias or fear or things other than the facts in front of us. Yeah. You know, here's my question. I know we're going to talk about a lot of information today, but I want to know what shocked you in this study and tell us a little bit about it. What, what was your like, oh, that kind of reaction? So, you know, we looked across 20 years of research on violence mm. in LGBTQ communities. Um, and then we also worked with the Henny Group to do focus group interviews, um, talking with members of LGBTQ communities all around the country, in San Francisco, New York, mm -hmm. rural Wyoming, here in Durham, North Carolina, um, where my organization, RTI International, is based, um, about those findings um, and about the pattern that we were seeing in the research evidence that LGBTQ individuals are at high risk for victimization, uh, whether we're looking at physical or sexual assault, bullying or harassment, mm -hmm. hate crime, um, and, you know, really in, in childhood all the way through adulthood. Yeah. You know, this is really the conversation that many people are wanting to have but afraid to have. And that is looking at research, looking at studies, and really looking at it from the perspective of now what are we going to do? Can we do something? I want to ask you this question. We think we've come a really long way of accepting LGBT community and individuals. Uh, what's the reality of that? Boy, I mean, that's one of the things um, about our study findings that shocked mm -hmm. me the most. Um, mm -hmm. Absolutely. We all want to think that things are yeah. getting better out there um, in general and for LGBTQ people specifically. And um, what the evidence shows us is that anti-LGBTQ victimization, um, for the most part, has been holding steady over the last couple of decades, you know, since the 1990s, mm. um, when studies first began to look at it. Um, and in fact, some forms of victimization, especially those that affect young people, mm. actually appear to be getting worse. Well, I mean, that's got to be shocking because we have a perspective about our young people. Um, and can I ask this question? When you say about our young people, you're talking about young people attacking, harassing, or bullying other young people. You're not talking about older people doing that to LGBTQ folks. I mean, I think it's an important question because we're talking about peer group. 
Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, we're talking about both. You know, I think wow. um, what comes out most strongly is that um, LGBTQ youth are experiencing victimization in a variety of settings um, from peer groups at school, absolutely, um, you know, bullying, hate-related verbal abuse at school for youth who either are LGBTQ or even are perceived as being mm-hmm. LGBTQ, um, you know, in one sample, um, anywhere from 11 to 14 percent of um, high school age students reported experiencing anti-LGBTQ verbal abuse Mm. just in the last 30 days. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, really it's commonplace in schools. um, Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we're seeing it. Um, a lot of the victimization is also happening at home. So LGBTQ youth are experiencing heat-related victimization from parents and siblings, too. Yeah. Can you give us an extent of what you think the level of risk is? Now, I know that's a tough question, and being a researcher myself, I know it's hard to answer. But there's this term bullying, and then we don't fully play that out. You're, what you're looking at in the social science, and you're, you're a social science researcher, what you're looking at okay. is, if I can just say it, violence. And that that may be way broader than bullying, don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, again, when we look at patterns across this whole body of evidence, Mm -hmm. that's one thing that really jumps out, that we're not just talking about bullying. We're not just talking about um, a single form of abuse. We're seeing LGBTQ people at elevated risk for many different forms Mm -hmm. of uh, violence and abuse. Um, and and that's really sobering, I think. Um, and, you know, we're also seeing that um, among young people, they're, it, it appears they're most at risk in the settings where we as adults would most presume that they're safe, you know, mm-hmm. in their homes, in their schools. Um, and this phenomenon of school-based victimization really has some profound effects. You know, it's um, really strongly and consistently associated with, um, you know, skipping school, mm-hmm. dropping out of school, mm-hmm. lower achievement in school, um, even um, very strongly associated with the risk of attempting right. suicide. Right. Um, and, you know, the link to health is also really clear. So, um, you know, among youth, the mm-hmm. link between victimization and its effects on especially um, mental health, substance abuse, sexual risk-taking. Um, and then we also see, you know, that these effects stay with people years later. So um, adults who were victimized potentially years ago, um, you can still see impacts on their physical health, their behavioral health. Um, and, and that's part of why it seems so clear that uh, we need to be working harder at preventing it. You know, um, there are many things we can talk about. I have to tell you, I was very, very impressed with the work that you do and also the recent award that you received, your organization. Um, Integrity in findings is one of the hottest issues of our time. 
And I want to congratulate RTI for your level of integrity and being acknowledged by the community in a world right now where we're questioning the validity of everything. And here's what I want to ask you as we're coming up this June on an anniversary about Stonewall. What would you say is your top three messages for policy, policymakers, and the communities at large? What would you say, please pay attention to these three things? Well, one is certainly um, the public education issues mm-hmm. that we've been talking about. You know, we we believe we have a, a system of equal opportunity public education, and yet uh, we now have evidence that um, a, a certain significant population of students doesn't feel safe at school and, in fact, is not safe at school. Um, and until we make our schools safe and secure places for all young people to learn, we really can't say we have um, mm-hmm. an e- equal opportunity education system. So I think that's something that really needs to be addressed. And there are some very concrete local strategies for addressing it. You know, the research tells us that schools that have gay straight student alliances have lower rates of anti-LGBTQ victimization than schools that don't. And yet in many local communities, including here in North Carolina, um, you know, we hear stories about school administrators and principals who actively forbid um, those groups from existing in their schools. And, you know, as taxpayers and members of the general public, I think we could be doing more to um, hold our education system accountable there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing um, that's really important to take away from this is, uh, you know, clearly when we look across uh, these last couple of decades since the 1990s, um, a time when I think our our kind of um, collective perception is that things are getting better. Um, it's so evident that this problem is not getting better, um, and it's not going to take care of itself. Um, and a lot of the research on, um, violence and victimization in general, even when we're not talking about the LGBTQ community specifically, Mm -hmm. um, a really important frontier in that research has to do with the role of bystanders in preventing and responding to victimization. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's broad. You know, it's not just about Mm -hmm. um, ways that we can step up and intervene when we see um, hate speech, or um, harassment, um, or even violence, but it's also about um, understanding that we're all bystanders in creating this larger social climate that either encourages and promotes victimization Mm -hmm. of LGBTQ individuals or starts to turn the corner and say, this is not okay. Mm. Uh, do you find, and I know we have, uh, uh, I, first of all, thank you for spending this time uh, with us. Um, do you believe that, you know, uh, the LGBTQ community, do you believe that they that they feel that if they did call out and say, this is a violation, that in today's world, people will step up and say, yes, it is, and we're going to help? Oh, that's a great question. Um, and that's another area where the the research evidence is a little unsettling. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
there are a number of studies that show that um, in in various populations of LGBTQ um, individuals that people report a real reluctance to report uh, victimization to um, authorities and um, in particular a real reluctance around reporting hate-related victimization because they expect to be further stigmatized and potentially discriminated against even as they're seeking help. Yeah, what's so alarming about this is let's talk about the flip side uh, where people think that if they are in public, let's say, with persons or a person from the LGBT community, which is a, an actual human being, if I might say. These labels are, are, mm-hmm. are strange, aren't they? We're talking about mm-hmm. people. If people yeah. faces people, there really isn't any harm. But do we still believe that there is? Do yeah, we still it, believe that? Yeah, a great that? question about what our underlying mm-hmm. drivers and beliefs are. Um, and I think it's a particularly potent question when we're living in this clearly very contradictory time, you know, where young people are getting the message, oh, you know, it's okay to be yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when they are, they're targets for violence and victimization, Um, Mm -hmm. and not just from um, the wider community, but sometimes from their own parents and siblings. Um, I, I think those are big questions that you're raising, and they're ones that really require some introspection. Well, I know you've got to run. You've got a big job. You've done a fantastic, um, absolutely fantastic uh, job to present this material to the public in the world, and you so represent it beautifully. So thank you for your time today. Thank you so much, Dr. Pat. It's great talking with you. All right, everyone. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Miss any shows during the week? Don't worry, we've got you covered. With the free Transformation Talk radio app, you'll have access to all of the past week's shows in the palm of your hand. Tune in to Transformation Talk radio anywhere you go with our free app for any of your devices. Check out our app in the App Store and Google Play Store today. Imagine a world where good news, positive information and stories were the mainstream. Tell us your positive story. Hashtag positivity rules. You are listening to the Transformation Radio Network. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our wheelhouse to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on the Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at the drpatshow.com. Listen while you work. Streaming live on any device. Tune in to the Transformation Radio Network. Visit transformationradio.fm. Welcome. 
Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. I am so thrilled to be talking to all of you. We have got talk radio for all of us. Are you ready and willing and able to accept all of the abundance you can muster up in your life? Check us out at drpatcho.com, transformationtalkradio.com, transformationradio.fm. Oh, my goodness. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Are you traveling most of your day? Do you want to take Transformation Talk Radio with you anywhere you go? Well, guess what? There's an app for that. Just go to the App Store on your Apple device or the Google Play Store on your Android and search Transformation Talk Radio. Catch all of our live shows no matter where you are. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everyone. Today, we are absolutely thrilled to be talking about Hispanic small business owners and what they expect in 2017. First and foremost, they expect a banner year. Uh, and that is what the Bank of America survey reveals. Joining us here today is Elizabeth Romero, who is the Small Business Central Division Executive for Bank of America. Now, the Central Division is responsible for delivering small business solutions to clients across 10 states. Being a small business owner myself, I am very eager to hear what Elizabeth has to say. You know, she's someone that has been taking this message, giving the results to the people out in the world with one thing in mind is for each of us to become more aware, more encouraged, and recognize what the opportunities are in the world today for Hispanic small business owners. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be with you. You know, um, this is uh, one of those times where we get to talk about one of the fastest growing segments of small business in the small business sector. Um, I want to ask you, um, now looking at the results, and we're going to talk about, you know, Spotlight in a minute. Um, now looking at the results, you, you must have had some aha moments as we look at what is being said and what the community is now saying. What, what were your top three ahas, if we could? Yeah, there, I mean, it's interesting how you said, you know, how you grew up and, and you know, yep. family, uh, entrepreneurs. I, it's the same thing for me. You know, I yeah. grew up with my father, my husband. So, you know, when I think about what this actually told us and some of the ahas for me is uh, one, not surprised about the optimism that came across, but I would say is when we think about the overall comparison of the plan to hire in 2017, um, our Hispanic small business owners are going to 54% where the non-Hispanic business owners are at 24% from an overall hiring for 2017. Um, the other thing I would say is the opportunity that's really out there from an overall lending 
that when when we think about the the lending that's actually very very important for an entrepreneur small business owner um for 2017 a hispanic small business owner four times more to apply for a loan than a non-hispanic and the overall approval of the loan application is almost equally the same well, you know, there is a perception, isn't there? At least I know, at least I know in my family, there's a perception that, you know, there is a, maybe less opportunities out there for lending. But there's one thing that I think you and I can talk about here as a result of this report. There are many, many, many opportunities. Are the challenges, Elizabeth, are we seeing the challenges that once existed lessen? Yeah. So, you know, I would say the uh, perception is not the reality here. Yeah. Uh, the, the challenges that once upon a time probably were out there, uh, we're seeing actually become more positive um, where there are, are small business owners, Hispanic small business owners are doing a really good job on going into financial centers and getting that advice and getting in front of that specialist uh, to really uh, get advice on what they're what they could do. And they're doing a really good job at it. You know, there's a lot of things we can talk about. I, by the way, I love the report and I love, you know, what you all have done to bring some very, very important to the forefront. Um, more inspiring than, you know, I've seen in previous years. Um, I was really struck by the statistic on the plan to grow business over the next five years. Um, and, you know, how, how much, you know, statistically, that is a huge gap between the Hispanic business owners and the non-Hispanic owners. I think it was like 76%. Now that is optimism, optimism in reality, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So the plan to the growth, uh, it's the 76 for, for Hispanic, 55 for non-Hispanic. Yep. Um, and, and that attributes a lot to the optimism. It attributes a lot to that. We're seeing a lot of new businesses actually coming in as well too. And, and a lot of the support they're getting from their family as well. Yeah. You know, what would you say is characteristic of the information that you discovered? I know that, you you know, you probably looked at this and said, wow, this is really amazing. You know, these are the things that we really need to fuel the economy. These are the things that create the backbone of what people do. Um, what would you see, though, is highly characteristic of turning this perception and this optimism into action and deliver these results? What would you say is leading the way? I would say one is uh, the passion and pride that our small business uh, owners have. Yeah. Um, and really that American dream that they have as well too. And, and that pride that they carry on uh, being that provider for their family and, and making sure that they have something to be able to provide to their loved ones. Yeah. I want to ask you this question since you mentioned family here. Um, one of the things that I know I know of in, in my own family background, you probably do as well, but this information that you provided really talks to it. It really talks to how important family and friends are, not just from a support, but also financially. Can you talk to that? Because that is a very, very prominent aspect, I feel, of this study. Absolutely. So family, friends, community is very, very important uh, in the support of the Hispanic small business owners. Um, here's some stats that I'll share with you, which yeah. uh, it's probably it, it, it's shocking to see this, but it's, it's, this is where the optimism is really coming in. 42% said that they will pass their business to a family member. And when we compare that to the non-Hispanic, it's 18%. 
Yeah. So uh, not not only is it telling us the stats, but you know what it's really telling us is they seek for that advice, they seek for that emotional assistance as well too, and where the family is always there for them to support them and help them. Well, this is really for me the game, one of the game changers in in the report, but also in the reality of what it takes to get a small business off the ground and then run it. This level of support, do you believe that this level of support, not just here, but also you know the the information that came back about you know the community role, you know, is this the thing that we can point to to say that in the Hispanic community, people will come together, will rise up for the success of another? Yeah, uh, I would say when we, based on the survey that we did, the community support is very vital to the Hispanic business owners and their success. 69% stated that the local community is important for their overall success of the business. Um, So it, it is very important and it's very vital to see that. You know, what would you say to folks um, that that are listening to the show? What would you say if there was a uh, if there are a few things, Elizabeth, that you could say, keep your eye on this, be mindful of this, just be watchful of this. What would you say those things might be? So, you know, we I could speak to many different factors. One one being that a small business owner that has that dream and wants to open their first business, or it could be that small business owner that already established their business, or it could be that small business owner that probably has an opportunity to really even grow even more. The number one advice I would say is uh, having that fear and being scared, it's normal. But seek for advice and walk into our financial center, uh, Bank of America, where we have our specialists, where they're there to help you and advise you. As a matter of fact, they could also uh, give you people that you could network with, uh, people that you could actually go with in different organizations to be able to support you as well, too. So uh, there's different factors that we have to be able to help our small business owners. Elizabeth, you know, you may not call yourself this, but I certainly look at you in this way, clearly an executive Bank of America, but I also look like you, you look at you as being a leader in the community, as someone that has come forth, that has become a spokesperson. And I would like to ask you, what would you like your legacy to be? What would you, what would you want folks to know about you and the work that you've done when all is said and done? What I would say is uh, I carry a lot of passion. Uh, I, I love to hear the great things that are happening within the community, the great positive impact that Bank of America has for our small business owners. Um, I am Bank of America. I am the brand of Bank of America. And it's great to actually see this positive, this optimism, and this growth that's actually not only for this year, but for the overall coming year. You know, passion and purpose is what started this network. I'm not sure how much you know about us. You know, we're 14 years in the making and we're getting ready to launch a 10-channel network. And one of the channels will be for Hispanic entrepreneurs and will be for people that want to hear and listen to uplifting messages and get solutions. And so my last question, and thank you so much for today. And also I want to thank you for everything that you do. What's your personal message, Elizabeth? What would you like to leave us with? Two passionate women on the phone here. Yeah, my message would be is follow your dream. Do not give up. And it's okay to have that fear out there. That's just a demonstration that you care for your for your overall business uh, and your dreams that you have coming through. Thank you for today. Thank you for all you do. Elizabeth Romero, everybody. And guess what? We actually have that 2017 Hispanic uh, Spotlight Report, and we're going to make sure we post the link for all of you out there. Let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back. 
Transformation Talk Radio is dedicated to the education and awareness of Lyme disease. Welcome to Lyme Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Pat Basile, the host of the Dr. Pat Show, and I am so thrilled that we've created this venue for all of you out there. Dr. Pat Basile will be bringing the most innovative, groundbreaking information, research, treatment innovations, and stories from those it affects every day. What we have heard is that you want to ensure for us that we keep positive, holistic, uplifting, transformative talk radio on the air. We're excited to bring you the contemporary conversations about Lyme disease. We promise not to let the light fade on Lyme. So fasten your seat belts. We've got lots more to share with you in the weeks to come. Tune into Lyme Talk Radio with Dr. Pat and help keep our mission strong on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Imagine a world where good news, positive information and stories were the mainstream. Tell us your positive story. Hashtag positivity rules. You are listening to the Transformation Radio Network. Are you traveling most of your day? Do you want to take Transformation Talk Radio with you anywhere you go? Well, guess what? There's an app for that. Just go to the App Store on your Apple device or the Google Play Store on your Android and search Transformation Talk Radio. Catch all of our live shows no matter where you are. Thanks for listening. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our wheelhouse to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on the Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at the drpatshow.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Today joining us is Heather Burt. Now listen, Heather Heather began her career at Bethany as a pregnancy counselor immediately after graduating from Elizabethtown College and later from uh, Widener University. Now, why is she talking with us here today? She's been at Bethany for 24 years and has served in adoption, foster care, post-adoption support. In 2014, Heather was named as the director of the GDV office, and she feels called to care for children and families. She's got a passion to serve vulnerable children and families with a sense of urgency and excellence, and is committed to bring an advocate and voice to help children find stable, loving homes. Heather has been married uh, to the love of her life for almost 22 years, so she gets this. 
Heather, thank you so much for today. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be a part of this today. Oh, my gosh. You know, let's start at the beginning. I want to ask you, many people may not know what pregnancy counseling is about or what the Appreciation Day is about. And I want to start with this question. There are challenges in the world today for women, for couples that perhaps are in pregnancy uh, mode, as we like to say. What is it that gets you on fire to talk about this and to be of service? Well, today is a perfect example. You know, I think Pregnancy Counselor Appreciation Day is because we wanted to highlight the incredible work that our pregnancy counselors do. And what they do is to come alongside women and men who find themselves facing an unintended pregnancy. Mm. And they, you know, our counselors play this pivotal role in the lives of women and men or couples who are making and facing perhaps one of the biggest decisions that they may ever encounter. Mm. And that's what I'm passionate about is the sense of, you know, when you're in the situation and you don't know what to do and where do you turn? And, you know, Bethany has these incredible, I like to call them rock stars, our pregnancy counselors. And that's where you can turn when you're scared and you're alone and you just don't know what to do because you're in the situation which we're estimating about 37% of births are unintended in the United Mm -hmm. States, which is a fairly high number. What do I do? You can turn to our pregnancy counselors. And we felt the need to say, we want to celebrate you. We want to say, hey, you are doing this incredible job, this amazing job of loving on these women and these men who are in this situation. So that's what today is all about is saying thank you. We want to yeah. see gratitude for doing this awesome job. Yeah, and I love that you're out here talking about it for two reasons. One, I think you're right, 37% of all births, but that's only what we know. And I think what we know about this topic is there are probably many more than that. And so you open a door, don't you, so that women could walk through and understand there are options. Can you talk about that? Because, you know... Women don't, in the, in, in the middle of the crisis, as most of them think about this sometimes, is in the middle of the crisis, they think that they are alone in this. Aren't you really changing that narrative? We are, because we believe that women and families should really have access to dedicated and trained professionals to help when they're facing these really hard situations, you know? And I... You know, I just, I started my career as a pregnancy counselor a long time ago. We'll just say a long time ago. And, you know, I think it's one of the most humbling things to be able to do is sit with a woman, women, and I'll say men, because we do, we serve men and, and couples and be able to say, what are you thinking? Where are you? Because you have a lot of people that are going to speak into their lives and judge them and say, you should do this or you should do that. But what they really need is somebody that's going to listen to them and stand in the gap with them and, and help them just through the decision-making process that are going to and help them figure out what do you think is the right decision or the best decision in a non-directive, non-coercive way, help them look at all the pros and cons of the decisions and help them come up with what they think is the right thing to do, not only for them, but for that baby, because it's really about the baby. You know, and that's what our pregnancy counselors do. 
Yeah. And you know what I love about what you're doing? So there's an element to this also, um, Heather, that is an element of education and information. And I I think we should really stop and talk about that because... uh, we assume that you know women who who are pregnant know what to do know what this is all about that's not necessarily true but it really is a general population assumption and that's oftentimes what it is, is an absolute statement is that they don't they don't have all the information they need you know we have a lot of people that come to us that have inaccurate information about all the decisions. And so what we talk about is, you know, Bethany is a life-affirming agency, but, you know, there's three options out there. So we'll talk about what do you know about all these options? Let's look at the pros and cons. And at the end of the day, they have to make a decision that they feel like is the right one for them. And, you know, we talk about there's loss. No matter what decision you make, there's going to be loss involved. So let's look at these options. And many women don't even know what is what is true about adoption today. What is true about if you parent? What is true if you terminate your pregnancy? And let's look at this. And so when we talk about those options, we talk about what is adoption today? You know, did you know that you can identify a family? Did you know that you could have ongoing pictures and updates? Did you know that you could have ongoing visits with your child? And, you know, so it's important that they're very educated about those choices and that they look at it from every angle, from every perspective, because our our goal is to go through that decision-making process is that they have turned over every stone that they feel as prepared as possible when they make that decision. Because they you don't, know, you know, what we don't want them to do is mm-hmm. to go in and feel unprepared and not oh. have all that information. Yeah. Because that, that's the wrong decision then for them. Right. And, you know, let, let's talk about this. You know, you, you and I as women for a moment, if we could, you know, when we're talking about this appreciation for these counselors, it is a deep appreciation because one of the things you said is so important to recall, and that is these counselors, they are up close and personal and they are objective. You know, they they literally are providing support and advice and resources, but they're providing that about options. And a Adoption is also a part of this, isn't it? And that doesn't even get talked about much. Can you say a little bit about that? It, it is. It is. And, you know, sadly, it's often an option that many women don't even realize. You know, we mm-hmm. talk about Bethany is oftentimes the best kept secret out there. And yeah. adoption is as well. You know, and so it's an option that we want them to be educated. You know, many women think there's only termination and parenting when they're facing yeah. an unintended pregnancy. Yeah. And so we talk about, did you know that this is an option? Did you know that this is a way for you to kind of still finish high school or still finish college or still continue work? Um, and, you know, when they look at it, and again, adoption's not easy. You know, there's certainly losses involved in adoption as well. Yeah. And so when they hear that perhaps I could place my child for adoption and know that my child's doing okay and have an ongoing relationship with my child and get to see my child and, and identify the family and have a relationship with them. And, you know, if I'm parenting other children, they could have a relationship with my child. It makes it maybe more realistic that I could, you know, move forward with placing my child for adoption. And so it opens up a third option for them to consider. And so that's, that's what this counselor can help them do when they realize, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know this was out there. Because maybe they were thinking I could never do that because it was based on false information or old information. And so yeah. that's, that's what counselors can help them do is, is give them information. And, again, 
to emphasize it's their decision. It's, you know, we're not trying to force them to do something they don't want to do. If at the end of the day they decide to parent and it's a healthy parenting plan, we celebrate that with them. We connect them to community resources. You know, if we have diapers, we give them diapers. If we have clothes, we give them clothes, and we're excited for them to do that. You know, if they've got support, you know, we help them make sure they've got the support they need, you know, and, and, and we're, we're excited for them. And that's, mm. you know, the, all these services are free and there's no strings attached, and that's the beauty of being a pregnancy counselor is you can love on this mom and love on this mom and dad and, and be excited for them in whatever, you know, decision that they feel like is the right one for them because it's their decision and you're not judging them and you're not making it for them because you get to go home at the end of the day and live your life and they have to live their lives. And, um, you know, these services are in 36 states and around the country. And, you know, we are about loving moms and loving dads and loving kids and bringing families together and keeping families together. And we are passionate about that. And we wanted to celebrate our counselors and say, you guys are amazing in what you do. And that's why we're doing this today to say, these are, these are the unsung staff out there that don't give enough recognition. Yeah. You know, let's make sure that we give people information, if we could, Heather, on how to find out more about you, if you don't mind, how they can find out more about the services. You know, I know that you're sharing this message um, around the globe, but this is important for people to know. How do I find out? Who do I call? Where do I go? Sure. So to learn more about pregnancy counseling or other services, you can go to our website. It's www.im p-r-e-g-n-a-n-t dot o-r-g that's I'm pregnant dot org so www dot I'm pregnant dot org so if you're listening and you are pregnant or facing an unplanned pregnancy or know somebody that is I want you to hear that we have pregnancy counselors right now that would love to come alongside and help you you do not have to be alone you do not have to be scared they are amazing and will care well for you so it's mm. I'm Oh, well, thank you so much for this. And I have one last question for you um, around this. We're going to make sure we share this information. You know, here you are talking with many, many people doing many interviews. What is it that keeps you going? What is it that keeps you fired up to take this message out? And thank you for today. I... I'm humbled at the opportunity to serve. You know, I love what I do, Dr. Pat. I love that I see the courage and strength of those that we serve, you know, and I think that when you are facing an unintended or unplanned pregnancy, there's incredible strength in no matter what decision you make. And so the ability to intersect with somebody at that point in their life, I don't know, it, it's, it's beyond words. And so I think when you're able to do that, I've done this for a long time. And when you're able to do that and see that kind of love in action, that keeps you going no matter how many years you do it. And so, yeah, I think that's what keeps me doing this kind of work. And I'm privileged to be able to do it at Bethany, and I, I can't imagine doing any other kind of work. Oh, man. Thank you so much. Heather Bird, everybody. We'll see you all next time.